Hi there, friends. I'm having an identity revelation. Something is happening inside of me, and I must share it with anyone who's willing to listen. So there is, in San Diego, there's like a Korean Craigslist kind of thing. And I've been looking for a job for the past, let's say like a week and a half or two weeks um, as a server because I, I really like waitressing. I went into waitressing because I really needed money at the time. This was four years ago. And yeah, you don't really make a lot as a teacher. So you really, <clears throat> it's always been a really good um, part-time job to have and making tips feels really good. So anyways, I found this one restaurant in, um, I call, it's called Hillcrest. And that's where all the gay people live. I think Hillcrest is awesome and I would love to move there one day. Um, but there's a new restaurant that opened and it's a Korean, Korean soju house. And soju is, it's basically Korean vodka. It tastes like vodka. I can't drink it. It's too strong. But I think if it's flavored, it might be a little different. I don't know. But the fact that, you know, traditional Korean food, this is like the food that I grew up on. And now it's becoming part of this bigger American culture. And I find it so, I find it so exciting that you, you realize that America really is, isn't a melting pot because we're not supposed to be the same. We are a mosaic and we just add more colors in the mosaic and it can be a really beautiful mosaic. And that's why I don't really understand racists. Um, I think people who are racist are stupid. I don't really know what else, like how else to put that because I know some people are like, oh, you know, one time a black person did something really bad to me, so I hate all black people. I'm just like, I, I find that very stupid. Like your brain is stupid if that's the way it wants to operate. And maybe stupid is a harsh word. Maybe you're just like, but if you needed to hear it, then you need to do something about that because it's not, there's, this is what I feel about racism. There are assholes in every color, every color, assholes of every color. So this isn't, you know, we need to tar, if, if an individual is being an asshole, we need to just understand that that person is not representative of their whole race. I don't know why white people do that. That's not fair, you know, you guys all look the same to me too. So I don't know, like perspective, perspective. And I'm finally, you know, we're like using these words and we have to become more comfortable with it. I I don't know, being Asian is really interesting. Being Korean American is super interesting. And there's not a lot of literature or resources out there, or maybe I just haven't sought it, I don't know, where I, I, I have the language to describe my experiences as an immigrant, which people are always surprised that I am an immigrant, but I immigrated here when I was four. And I think that's a really interesting age because of the way your brain is still forming. And I, I didn't talk a lot in my kindergarten, during kindergarten, but then by first grade, I started talking English like almost fluently. And yeah, I think when I was five, I must've just absorbed the language and um, I don't know, growing up, I watched a lot of 
mo- just like mostly American movies and TV shows. I, I really like old, I love history. I love American history. Or, or I think I just love history. My mom was a history major. So if I if I weren't here, like I would know history, like Korean history, right? But I'm here. So, and English is became the language that I was most comfortable with. Like Shirley Temple, that kind of stuff. I really, the 50s is a very romantic time for me. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I was such a nerd growing up. I really was. And I hated, I hated having to deal with the stereotype that all Asians are smart. First of all, what does smart even mean? There are multiple types of intelligences. Here's the issue. Here's my issue with the whole everything. Here's the issue of why I feel so misunderstood okay when I was in school I still feel misunderstood now but I don't I I can't reflect on this right now I can only reflect once I'm in the future so I I don't know Asians do have a Asian immigrants okay first of all you have to realize that immigrants are kind of a self-selecting group um, in my case, my dad, I mean, he had the option to say no when his company offered to um, like transfer him to an American company, but you know, both my parents were, they never thought about it. And the Korean education system is just so, it's so rigid. It's so like daunting and honest, I don't see the point in it, but whatever. I can't say anything because I wasn't really a part of it. So I think my parents believe in, you know, they're huge proponents of education. My dad growing up, I feel like the way, the reason why I'm so expressive and I don't know, I'm articulate. And I think the reason for that, oh, and also just like doing shit, just doing random shit and just kind of like sending is growing up, my dad would always say, never say never, you know, like, don't give up. And that was the kind of messaging I got all the time. And my dad has, we have pretty similar temperaments. And because of that growing up, there was a lot of clashes because he felt very strongly about his opinion. And I, felt very strongly about mine. And, you know, we would fight ever since I was seven. Like, I'm very, I'm a very aggressive person. And I've often felt like I had to hide that because it's not appropriate, Um, especially for an Asian woman. Or they call you the dragon lady, which, like, I don't care. Call me whatever the fuck you want. I don't, it doesn't matter what color skin you have as a woman. I think women should be more, I want to encourage more women to speak out for what they want, what they need. I know that society tries to censor us all the time, not just in the way we talk or what we talk about, but also our bodies. And we, like us in America, I feel like are lucky enough to, to the point where no one will really punish us or like physically punish us like they would do in other cultures and other countries for 
um, for like expressing themselves, right? I, I think here, what, when you do become a difficult woman, I was reading a book about difficult women. It was great. It was great. But when you become a difficult woman, um, you become kind of like a social outcast. Oh, okay. So that's, okay, that's where I was meant to go, being a social outcast. Because when it comes to my Korean culture, I felt like a social social outcast my whole life. And I was, I was bullied at church by the Korean girls um, when I was in elementary school. So that did, a, that did a number on me. And then when I was in college, like, I just didn't feel like, I don't know. I just never felt like I could fit in. And I haven't had a close Korean friend in over a decade. And I was talking to my mom about this and she's kind of like, don't think about it too much, but why not? Because it's who I am. And there's a lot, there's a lot of ways in which I behave and talk and speak because of my Korean culture. And I'm not saying that there's a lot of things that are bad with it. I think there's, I think there's good things and bad things about every single culture and racial group or what, whatever, whatever, to everything. There's always a good and bad side. And it's all about recognizing which parts of me are holding me back from being my true self. And until I investigate, you know, this Korean culture, this Korean side of me, I won't be able to kind of grow. Like this is a, this is a, identity part of me that's stunted and I wonder if a big part of why that's stunted is because I had to deal with bigger issues than my racial identity um I don't know the the idea of token friend really bothers me because it takes away from it takes away from the personal relationships that you have with people and I don't want to, like, I always say I don't want to politicize my relationships. And I think that's the problem with having gone, like, having taken classes, sociology classes, and you see things from a very theoretical point of view, and academics love to put language on things and love to label things or whatever. But at the end of the day, just because it's written down and just because you say it is what it is and you have a degree to prove for it doesn't, I don't think it means, like, it doesn't really mean jack shit. I think you're just being too self-important. And I don't know where all of that rage came from. That was random. I am angry. Ooh, who am I angry at? Am I angry at my Marxist education? Maybe a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know where I stand politically anymore. But I, it's... I love, I love just like the ironies of my life. I really do. The fact that I have a political science, science degree and I don't think politics is real. I mean, that's really what I got from politics is not real. It's just made up. Come on. Look at who our president is. Like, come on. Like, let's stop pretending all of this is real. I think the problem is everyone is just so caught up in the stupid ass game stupid ass race that we all know is stupid and like everyone's still continuing to play along and they 
keep buying into it. I'm just like, stop, wake the fuck up, awake, awake. And I'm getting tired of the bullshit day by like, as the days go on, not really. It's, this is actually coming from a place of love. I realize that I'm not a very, uh, I'm not a very like warm person. Oh my God, I think this is my Scorpio. I know this is totally, I don't have anything else to say about being Korean except the fact that I'm trying to figure that out. And you know what, this is my, this is mine. I can do whatever the fuck I want. If I just want to talk, I can do, I can do that. I can do whatever I want. Oh, Scorpio. Okay, so my mom has her Venus in Scorpio. And we were talking yesterday or a few days ago about how she's she's a Libra with a, with a Venus in Scorpio. And her moon is in Pisces. So she... <laughs> I said all that. I'm just like, who gives a shit? But basically, she wants to kind of be in very firm control of the people closest to her. And I'm definitely like that. My moon is in Scorpio. And so it's it's all like, it's all a control issue. And what is this going back to? Oh, so to the people closest to me, I feel like there's always this control issue. Basically with the people I get involved with, right? That's the problem, obviously, that's the issue. And the the key to overcome that is to release control. I'm all about that shit right now. I'm all about that shit. I'm all about releasing control, surrender. You do that and things are gonna be so smooth sailing. You meditate and you pray. I know there's, I don't know. I don't know who I'm talking to. I just kind of, you know, I'm shooting the shit, but if you do those things, I guarantee that you will see some major changes in your life. So awake, awake, bitches, awake, awake. But only, only people who are meant to hear this, hear this. Because the light, the light, some people are not ready for the light because they're so in darkness and... You can't hate people for being in the dark. I think when you first become spiritually uh, spiritually awakened, in the very first few, I don't know how time would work, but like in, initially you kind of feel like you're better than other people. You're just like, oh, I have all this secret information that no one else seems to know. I'm so special or whatever. And then life will humble you, humble you, humble you, humble you, and it won't stop humbling you until you're like, I am not better than anyone else. The way I see it in my communications um, through this is like a virtual candle leading us out of a tunnel. And it doesn't make me, and I love talking about myself. That's the other thing too. Oh, I love it. It just gives me so much dopamine. This is an addiction. That's why everyone should get a podcast. Not everyone will, but I'm just saying everyone should. And I, this is like a virtual candle leading you out the tunnel. If you are in the dark, if you don't know what the fuck you're doing and you need a little guidance, this is my guidance to you. And I hope you know me. I mean, I'm not doing this. So like, I don't know if random people hear it, but I don't, 
I don't like putting the effort of doing hashtags and stuff because that just seems like a lot of work. And everything that I do from my poetry to this is very spontaneous. The way that I conceptualize it in my head, I know I'm giving away so much of who I am, but now that I'm saying it, I'm like, oh, I can see why people are confused by me. I, the way it works is I ask to be an instrument uh, to do God's service. And by God, it's not an external force. It's, we're all part of the one big force. I know it's crazy. I, you need to find a, your own way of trying to make sense of it because it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And everyone has their own, um, you know, their own way of, of finding that within themselves. So anyways, that's what I do. And I say, use me as an instrument. And sometimes I write poetry. Sometimes I just get really fucking honest, I guess. I, I'm being so raw right now. I feel, oh, maybe it's getting this job. So I, I'm employed. Um, I think 2020, interesting. It was just like a reset because I'm, I'm basically doing the same thing that I was before all this happened, except there was like a mini upgrade a mini upgrade because I'm still working at a school as as a assistant but this school is more put together let's say in the last school that I was in not to shit on the last school but it's this is like it's just like kind of like a business a little bit uh which sounds which sounds wrong but I'm actually I don't know I don't know who I'm becoming I don't want to speak too soon I my biggest fear is becoming like Candace Owens, who is a black token for the Republican Party. And I'm like, I refuse. I don't want to be that. I don't want to take any sides. Okay. And then and then I got a job as a waitress. And like when I left Chicago, I was working at a Korean restaurant and they actually had a grand opening. This restaurant just opened a month ago. So which is kind of crazy because we didn't know like quarantine was going to be back or when it was going to be over. But I only worked at that restaurant in Chicago for a month and a half because that's, that kind of, that's kind of what led me to the mental breakdown actually, because that there was this one night that my general manager, like, Oh my gosh, I hope he does not listen to these. I guess I'm not going to say anything more or less. I, I really fucked up, not really fucked up. I got really drunk one night and it was just a really humiliating moment. Oh, and then I drove home drunk, that's why. Okay, so I was at the, I, I was at my wit's end. I wasn't eating, like I was so fucked up. And I was working, I started working at this restaurant and I really liked all the people there. I really liked being among all the other Korean people. That was so, it felt so good to me. And uh, one night, we all got together and we were drinking um, and I drove home drunk. And then the next morning I just knew that <laughs> like that was so irresponsible and I was so ashamed and I knew that I had to get help. And I think that's what escalated everything. You know, that morning is when I called my mom and this is so interesting how when I talk like all this information comes out, that's so interesting. Um, I called my mom 
and I said I had to come home. My parents were already worried sick about me. And so that all happened. So now it's it's crazy. Now it's full circle. Oh my gosh. And my my last position I in Chicago was also run by this like a white man CEO who I don't know, it's kind of full of bullshit, but at least I'll be paid more. And they seem nice enough. I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't want to put my professional life too much out there, but this whole getting this whole getting hired by this restaurant, I think is kind of a full circle with everything. And I'm like seeing somebody who's also like I'm totally vibing with him right now. It's great. I my biggest like my biggest thing is guys who make music. I love that shit. I love that shit. You can be short. You can't have a weird voice though. And I don't want you to be shorter than five, five, six, or five, seven. I know. And I didn't used to care about a college education. I kind of do. It's like, do you have, I mean, if we're, if we're going to be serious, it's like, do you have a retirement account? Do you have a retirement plan? Like what you're going to do? Because I know I'm set up and I'm just trying not to get my finances messed with. And I'm, I'm really glad that that happened to me so early on with uh, my ex-husband where just like finances were fucked because now I'm, now I'm just so much smarter than I used to be. And I just, I don't give a fuck about so many things. And that's, that's the virtual candle, my friends. Like none of this shit really means anything. So you can pretty much do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt people. Or maybe you can't, maybe you, I think you have to have a certain level of, you gotta do the Maslow's pyramid. You gotta, you gotta get all those basic needs met and all of that. And that's the goal. We live in such an abundant world, so I don't know why people are hoarding money. It's disgusting. It's so stupid. <sighs> and I was talking to my friend, and I hope, I hope they don't mind that I'm sharing this, but wealth is kept inside the family through incest. I am, I know this is, maybe I shouldn't say it, I'm going to say it. I think Trump and Ivanka, there's something really, really, really gross and shady going on. I just like the way he would talk about that in public. Like, are you kidding me? Her father? Your father does not talk to you like that. That is not, oh, it's just so crazy to me. I think it's crazy to me that people don't have loving parents who are, who are for their children's best interest. That's crazy to me. Cause at the end of the day, I know my parents love me and my brother unconditionally. Like, and this is probably, I think Jordan Peterson said it, this is like one of, the biggest advantages you can have in life is being born to two parents who love you and who can support you in all the right ways. Now, emotionally, um, I don't know, maybe it was because I was sensitive. I think, you know what, I'm going to stop blaming my parents for all my anxiety, depression, all of that, because I think I'm just a sensitive person. You know, I was just born with like a a nervous, nervous system. <laughs> so this is the way I am, but I'm trying to make the most of it. And on the other end of it, I think you get a lot of creativity. I think if you're depressed, um, if you're depressed, I really urge you to look into 
creating something or if you're self-destructive in general. If you're self-destructive in general, you gotta find a creative channel for that. Otherwise that shit will eat you alive. This is why I do this. This is why I have to do this kind of stuff and share it with people. Cause if I don't, I, I, I will die. And I know it's kind of dramatic and I've been saying that a lot. I just, I don't know. Also death isn't that scary. I don't know. My my family and I, I, we, I guess we just have a different way of looking at things. And I'm realizing a lot of people in society don't as our family, but the way that my, my parents and I think about death is they don't want to be resuscitated. And my mom and I were talking about the right to die in Oregon. This was actually one of my first research product uh, research projects that I did in college was on the right to die. Cause in, uh, in, um, was it Ohio? No, it wasn't. Oregon, Oregon, Oregon has a law where a doctor can approve, um, like, uh, like suicide and, and like induce suicide, right? And though that brings up a lot of other ethical questions, though. I know there's absolutely no point to this. It, whatever. Um, that gets into some deep ethical shit. But here's the way I think. Okay, I think everyone should define for themselves. Here, I'm putting all my radical views out there. Okay, whatever, whatever. You can disagree with me. But I'm still, I think I have to share them. I think I have to share my, my thoughts, even though they're weird. Because Emerson said, to be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. And I'm trying to accomplish by being myself. Ugh. Okay. Um, motherfucker. I lost where I was going with that. Anyways, my time's almost up. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the world's going to be, oh, oh, ethical problems. Ethical problems. I have to pick this guy up from, from the place he's at. So probably not going to put this on, on the gram. I, I can't think of any cover for it, but you know what, this is fun. Maybe I'll just do like these little, cause I know, I know people like, some people listen to it and just like, okay, if you're entertained, like let's do this. It's symbiotic, it's fucking symbiotic. You have no idea. Like I just really appreciate, I really appreciate you for listening to me. Really, it makes me feel so heard and so validated and I don't know who you are and I guess I don't need to know who you are and you probably don't want me to know who you are and that's, that's the beauty of it. Oh, that's so beautiful. My heart goes just, I don't know. It just feels really good. I feel really good right now. Today has been a very good day. Very good day. And now I'm going to catch a sunset. Bye.